Good morning. If you would open your Bibles with me to the Psalm, Psalm 85, verse 6 and 7, Psalm 85. Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your mercy, Lord. Grant us your salvation. When things are going good, sometimes we will use these three words. Couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. When we talk about relationships, though, no matter how good a relationship between humans can be, it can always be better. Isn't that right? There's not a marriage that couldn't be better. There is not a parent-child relationship that couldn't be better. There are not any interpersonal relationships between humans that could not be better, that could not improve. The most important relationship in all the world is a relationship with God. A vibrant, rich, meaningful relationship with God. That is the most important relationship in all the world. But one of the difficulties of that is with God, there is no room for improvement. It is with the other party in the relationship that there is plenty of room for improvement in the relationship, and I'm talking about you and me, if this is the most important relationship in all the world because it is a relationship that will extend into eternity, it is a relationship that we ought to be very concerned about. It's a relationship where we know that God cannot improve in His perfection, in His beauty, in His magnificence. He is awesome. But you and I all can improve in our relationship with Him. Revive us again. Let me give you some synonyms, some like words for revive Renew, refresh, recharge me, God. I need to resuscitate this relationship with you. The problem has not been with, with you, God, but the problem has been with me. And, and so there's a sense of distance and detachment when there ought to be a greater sense of togetherness and longing and love. I 
I profit greatly from hearing our men lead us in public prayer. I suspect that you do too. One of the things that it's not uncommon to hear our brothers pray for publicly is a prayer for our country and for its leaders. And this is absolutely biblical. 1 Timothy 2 verses 1 through 4. And they will pray for our country. And what they're really praying for is a sense of revival. That there be a turning to God. Open your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 8. It is one of the most important chapters in all of the Old Testament. And it has profound New Testament implications. The applications to us today are enormous. Nehemiah chapter 8. When you think about the book of Nehemiah, you may just think about it as a book on construction. And I guess, depending on what you mean by that, it is. Nehemiah takes God's people in an area that's basically in ruins. And the walls around the city of Jerusalem are rebuilt. A construction program. It's said that this was accomplished in Nehemiah 6 and verse 15. In 52 days. An enormous construction process was completed in 52 days... Because the people had a mind to work, and they looked to God. The temple has been rebuilt. The city has been rebuilt. The walls around the city have been rebuilt. And now we come to Nehemiah 8. And now the people are thinking more about their relationship with God. The only way they can account for the walls being rebuilt so quickly with all of the opposition is God. The only way that they can account for these things is God. And so there is some thoughtfulness going on in the minds of the people about the relationship with God. This morning I want to talk with you about six steps to revival. And there will be no personal revival, there will be no congregational revival, and there will be no national revival of any real consequence until these six steps to revival are pursued, passionately pursued. Does that get your attention? You know, if, if your relationship with God is not constantly vibrant and joyful and growing, this lesson's for you. 
If the congregation here at Westside can, could be encouraged in its relationship with God, this lesson's for us as a congregation. And as a community and as a nation, if it fits, we need to think about the passionate pursuit of the truths contained in Nehemiah chapter 8. Let's look at each one. Revival begins, number one, with a hunger for the Word of God. Revival begins with a hunger for the Word of God. Look at Nehemiah 8 and verse 1. All the people gathered as one man into the square before the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had commanded Israel. What I want you to see immediately is this. After the walls were completed and the people knew that God must be behind all of this, all of the people as one man. Does that sound like there's a lot of unity? That they're united? Does it seem as if they're all on the same page? They come together, all the people, with one voice, as one man. And then there's a man's name mentioned in the opening verses here who has not been mentioned at all in Nehemiah. And you know who his name is? You know what his name is? Ezra. Ezra. All of the people, my friends, say to Ezra, and oh, this must have been music to his ears. He must have been waiting for this moment for years, Brother Bill. Bring the book of the law of the Lord. In Nehemiah chapter 8, the Torah, God's law, is mentioned no less than nine times. Bring God's word. They're hungry. They're ready. They want to take it in and ingest it and digest it and live Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Matthew 4 and verse 4. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Colossians 3 verse 16. Your word was the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Your word was found and I did eat it. Jeremiah 15 16. Your word have I esteemed more than my necessary food. Job 23 12. Psalm 119, 162. Your word is better than great spoil, than great riches. It is the Lord Jesus who said, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. Matthew 5. And verse 6.
Little people have a way of making a point, and they can really help illustrate a preacher's sermon. A three-year-old once asked his daddy, Is this God's book? And his daddy said, Yes, son, it is. And the little three-year-old says, Well, we better give it back to him because we don't read it very much and we don't use it too much either. For revival to occur, there must be a hunger for the Word of God and a desire to have a relationship with Him in the knowledge that we moved. We distanced ourselves. We became detached from Him. That wasn't what He wanted. If there is dust on the Bible, there is drought in the soul. We are living in a time when the last month or so, most people say, has been an incredible heat wave throughout this world. Well, I tell you what, the heat wave the world is experiencing doesn't compare to the drought that hearts are experiencing spiritually. There must be a hunger and a thirst for the word of God. There's a famine in the land, a famine of the knowledge of the word of God. Amos 8, 11, and 12. Jesus told people who knew the Old Testament, you do err not knowing the scriptures or the power of God. Matthew 22 and verse 29. For revival to occur in our lives individually, in the congregation's life, and in this community, and in this nation, and throughout the world, there must be a hunger for the Word of God. Most of you can tell that I enjoy a good meal. Most of us do. If I miss three meals, I'm hungry. Maybe really hungry, depending upon the events of the day. I can't help but think of Peter's words in 1 Peter 2, 2. As newborn babes long for the sincere spiritual milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Step to revival number two. If the first step is there must be a hunger, a thirst too for God's word. Secondly, there must be a genuine hearing. There must be a genuine hearing of God's word. Look at Nehemiah chapter 8 verses 2 through 4. Allow me to read that. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, and all who could understand what they heard on the first day of the seventh month. And he read from it facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people. 
The ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood on a wooden platform. There must be genuine hearing of the word of God. I think it's important to notice the timing when this is occurring. It is the first day of the seventh month. Do you see that in the text? You should, Nehemiah 8, 2 through 4. The first day of the seventh month was to be the Feast of Trumpets within the Jewish system. About the middle of the seventh month, that particular month, would be the holiest day within Judaism, the Day of Atonement. And toward the end of that month, the seventh month, there would be the Feast of Tabernacles or Booths, which was kind of like a 4th of July time because they celebrated how God had blessed them with deliverance from Egyptian bondage and with the blessings of a harvest. The timing's important here. When this occurs. But also notice that attention. Do I have your full and undivided attention? That's an expression people sometimes use. In the military, attention. Full, undivided attention is being given to the Word of God, y'all. It must be heard, attentively heard. Ladies, you got a husband that suffers from selective hearing. You got a child that suffers from selective hearing. Nothing wrong physiologically with their ears. Sometimes they're just zoned out. Know what I mean? It's amazing how much spiritual attention deficit disorder exists in our lives individually, congregationally, and nationally. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. We ought to give the more earnest heed to the things that we've heard, lest we drift from them, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. Hear him, Matthew 17, verse 5. Speak, Lord, your servant hears, 1 Samuel 3, verses 9 through 11. To hear. It's important for me to say this. Everybody listen, please. Give me your attention. As a preacher, I have a God-given responsibility to proclaim the Word of God. And I will give an account to God regarding that. But as a hearer, you have a God-given responsibility to listen 
because your relationship with God and eternal soul hang in the balance. Oh, the responsibility that we have to hear. And catch this, Waylon. In Nehemiah 8, 2 through 4, twice it is said, all who could hear and understand. That means young people like Blaine and James. It means young people like you. And it means those of us who are older too, all who can hear and understand need to be present to hear. And guess what is happening here? Abe, for five or six hours, they stand and they listen attentively while the Word of God is being read. Aren't you glad we got air conditioning and padded pews now? Amen for that? And what's significant about this is not one person complained. You don't see that anywhere. Not one person complained. As they stood... You know what, that says how hungry they were for a vibrant and rich relationship with God. It tells me that they are willing to listen to the Word of God, to give their attention to it. And you know what, to some people the Lord's day, Revelation 1.10, has become the Lord's hour. And while I think in the church we need to have some sense of time consciousness. I also think that this world needs revival and our churches need revival. And the only way it's going to come is for people to hunger for the Word of God and to be attentive to what it says. And frankly... I've known more than a few people through the years that if the clock struck 11 or 10.30 or whatever time for services to be over and it went a minute over, they were gone. After all, we do have to beat the Baptist to the restaurants. But I think we need to stop and think about some of our habits. While the church could be more conscious of everyone's time, I don't ever want to give anybody the, the impression that I don't have time to listen to what God says. Do you? I don't have time to listen to what God says. I'm too busy. Places to be, folks to see. Yeah. There was a Lord in heaven who came to earth because he had places to be and folks to see. But he did that to save. Number three. Look at the passage with me. 
There must be honor given to God's Word. There must be honor given to God's Word. Look at verses 5 and 6. And beside him, I'll pick up at verse 4, stood Mattathiah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Messiah on his right hand, Padiah, Mishael, Malchiah, Hashum, Hashdanabiah, Zechariah, and Meshulam on his left. Thirteen names. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And he opened it, and all the people stood. And God, and Ezra blessed the Lord, mark that. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Sometimes when we hear a message... We say something like this, consider the source. Hey, Jeff, consider the source, brother. The source is God. Consider the, the source that God has spoken to us, that we can be his people, that we can be part of his family. Consider that the source has spoken and done so much. Consider what Ezra begins with. The Lord, the great God. Revival has to do with people seeing who God is and becoming more God-focused. God, the Lord, the great God. And then notice this. Honoring God's word means that we see that He is God and that we are not. I am not the Lord of my life. I am not the Lord of my wife. I am not the Lord of my family. I am not the Lord of my body or even the Lord of my time. I'm a steward a manager of all those things and more. In every area, the Word of God will help me to see that God is the Lord, the great God. Hey, where do you think you ought to be at 5 o'clock tonight? If you can, if at all possible. He's the Lord, the great God. Case closed. Look at the response of the people in honoring the word. You have a double amen, amen. This is true, this is true. He is the Lord, the great God. And what we are hearing from his word is true. Then it says, they lift hands. They lift their hands. And the idea basically is this. Through the symbol, they are acknowledging that God has abundantly blessed them. 
that God has been so good to us. And then notice how God's word is honored. Ezra honors God, the Lord, the great God. The people in response to God and hearing his word say amen. They are acknowledging his goodness and his blessing. It says they bowed down and worshiped. The study of the Word of God ought to lead to the praise and worship of the God of the Word. The study of the Word of God ought to lead to the praise and worship of the God of the Word. And if it doesn't, something's wrong. And then it says... They fell on their faces on the ground. Get the point. Pay attention here. Make sure we get this. We should approach God's word with reverence and respect on the one hand and joy and celebration on the other. Reverence and respect, joy and celebration. And I'll take one more step. Our worship should be about the beautiful biblical balance between reverence and respect on the one hand and joyful celebration on the other. Question. Is Ezra into what he's reading? Are the people into what Ezra is saying from God's word? Are they? Many people in public worship today seem to think that they are passive and that they are the audience. Nuh-uh. In worship that pleases God, God is the audience. And everyone is a participant. Look at Nehemiah 8. You've got the people, all the people, being into what the preacher Ezra is saying from the Word of God. And they are showing that, they are displaying that, that attentiveness enthusiastically. It's a whole lot easier to help the sick than to raise the dead. 
And some congregations are so into respect and reverence, they have forgotten all about joy and celebration. And some are so into joy and celebration, they have forgotten about respect and reverence. We need both in a more appropriate measure. Amen there? How about two amens? Amen, amen. Think there's any scriptural precedent for that? May God help us to hunger for the word. To truly want to hear the word of God. I need to hear what God says because I need that and I need that relationship in his life. I, in my life, I want to be right with him. There's no relationship in all the world more important than our relationship with, the, with God. And I want to show proper honor and respect for God's word and for the God who gave it. I will stop here. But those are three steps to revival, and we'll look at three more tonight, Lord willing. I hope that you've been able to take in what's being said from Nehemiah. I can only imagine what it would have been like to be Ezra on that occasion when the people say, we are hungry and thirsty, and oh, we want to hear God's word, and oh, how he must have delighted. Five or six hours of reading God's word before all the people. Do you think he got hoarse? Do you think somebody needed to bring him a drink of water? I think he probably said, I'll take a swallow of that, but I've been waiting for this moment for years. No one has been waiting longer than God for us to desire to have a relationship with him. And you can because of Jesus. You can because he died for your sins and with his blood he makes cleansing of all sin possible you can have a vibrant rich relationship with God through faith and trust in him by desiring to turn from sin and walk in a way that pleases God what sin is it in your life that is more important than listening to God and what he has to say. We come to Jesus in baptism for the forgiveness of sins, Acts 2.38. I appreciate men who pray for our country and for our churches and for us individually to have a closer relationship with God, but I'm going to tell you, not going to happen until we're really hungry for God and His Word. Not going to happen until we're going to pay attention to God and what He says 
And that's more important than anything in all the world. Not going to happen until honor and weight is given to Scripture. That's beyond all other honor and weight except to God himself. I pray for revival. I hope you do too. Let us stand and sing.